Welcome to Culture Dumps. I'm Ryan Lichten, and I'm sitting here with Parks Miller. In the flesh. Actually sitting here. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember, but we never are in the same room together. But today nope. we are, and uh, we have a mighty dump. It feels great. This is um, going to be a couple weeks after our little one-year anniversary, but to commemorate it, I came out here to see Ryan. We are in the kitchen. Yeah. We, are, we are cooking. Yeah. Um, because we are really dedicated to what we do, and part of that means that you can't really have a fan on when you're yeah. recording because it picks up. So we are cooking in the kitchen right yeah, now. Yeah, we're not like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like some of these other podcasters in their cushy studios. We're, we're not white gloving this shit. Yeah, no, we're we're, we're strictly soul casting right now. This is this is this is for the uh, the strictly for the art of uh, of dumping the yes. art of the dump. <laughs> so, all right. Today, this is a dump. A lot of people were suggesting this, but I felt it was too soon. But now that I know that it's really come to an end, it's the time for us to do this. We're talking about All Star, the song by Smash Mouth. Yes. You've heard it. We may or may not put a clip, but it seems so egregious to do so. If you're listening, <laughs> yeah. you've heard it. And then honestly, this song was so popular that even if you were really old and you were somebody's parent. Oh, old people love this. You've song. heard this song, too. They so, love this song. No, no. This is like a big. Because uh, it's super PG. It's super positive in message. So it really can appeal to millions of millions. It's of the perfect song. And I will make plenty of arguments towards that. I would agree. But why is the perfect song that everyone on the planet has heard a dump? Well, like I said, it's one of the most recognizable songs of all time, but also one of the most joked about. The sheer popularity of the song has made it a cult hit that tends to be the punchline of an endless amount of jokes. Not only is this song a song associated with some of the biggest films and television shows of all time, but was also the nail in the coffin for the band who released it. All-Star is a perfect example of the strange phenomenon of something becoming so popular and familiar that it becomes hated and turned into a joke that then perpetuates the song's relevancy. It's a very full circle thing. This is also just a classic dump in the fact that Smash Mouth and All-Star had this insane amount of, um, you know, saturation in the market it was everywhere for a couple years and it still is though and as we know with some of our dumps you know that can it can lead to a burnout or an audience fatigue you you blow up quick and you sort of fade away yeah. just as quickly because it really was just you could not escape it right but in the words of a country singer roger roger allen wade uh, sometimes the light outlives the star Mm. And uh, that's mm. that's kind of what we're dealing with <laughs> yeah. here. Uh, wow, I just bummed myself out. That's a sad song. Anyways, <laughs> uh, well, th before real quick though, this episode, you know, it really did bring me back to a simpler time. Having to listen to this song like quite a few times in preparation, like you can really put yourself back in like any moment in your life. Pretty much because yeah. it's always been there. You know, what I mean? like I could I could think of a time I was 21 or 25 right. or 26 or fucking 10 and listening to fucking this song. You know what I mean? This song makes me think of a middle school dance story, which did kind of have this 
little dark edge to it. And uh, I don't. Is this our? Is this like an okay for the? Oh show? no, it's okay. It's just, <laughs> like because the middle school dance with the dark edge. I'm like, Ooh, it easy. just involved like the idea of fitting in, and I don't know. We'll get. I'll I'll tell it what's a little more appropriate, I guess. But um, well, or, I mean, I, we can just get into it now. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah, so basically. <laughs> So, yeah, if you guys don't know, I mean, we're of the age where, like, all this shit is hitting us at a certain point. And so this song, I mean, it came out, and I was in middle school, and I loved the song. And at one of the middle school dances, uh, the song played. And, I mean, I was incredibly awkward, didn't dance with any of the girls, like, basically was a wallflower. Sound like a loser. I was a loser. (laughs) And this was sort of the one chance for my friends and I to like just have fun and like let loose, basically recite the song to each other and just have fun. And for a second, like not worry about what girl are you going to dance with? Yeah, the societal constructs of being a man. And so exactly. But then this, this popular kid who I won't name, but who ended up like basically being a complete fuck up in his life. uh, (laughs) Good. But he was really popular at the time. And he's just running around, just being like, "This song sucks. This song sucks." And <laughs> no, you suck. But the problem is, is that I was such a self-conscious kid that oh, I, um, yeah. instead of being like, "Screw you, guy," I was like, "Oh my god!" Like this, this song sucks. Blank, yeah. most popular kid. He just like publicly denounced the song and anyone singing it. I was like, wow, that's going to take me back like another hundred fucking points of ever being a cool guy. <laughs> and so it, I I distinctly remember because it really was just like, wow, you're such a piece of shit for liking this song. And just this like self-loathing that came from that one little moment of this fucking asshole just being like... Right. Well, and that was the thing, though. I mean, it became cool to, to hate it because yeah. it's so popular. I mean, that's just how it goes, but people are wrong. Um, and also, I want to say about Smash Mouth, um, this band is like the musical equivalent of like an AstroTurf in your front yard with like or Pink Flamingos. Or an Astro Lounge. <laughs> or an Astro Lounge. But yes, Pink yeah, Flamingo. Pink Flamingo band. And I mean, we will get into They're also how... kind of like Hot Rod Daddy Core, like lit. There is some of that, but they also give me the impression that they didn't come from a scene and it's it's true and i mean there is some of this like retro revival stuff we talked about in the swing revival of the 90s and it has a little taste of that but yeah well it's like the hot rod kind of culture that bleeds like if you were a band that wanted to do this like retro revival shit but didn't want to play swing you were in a band like lit or smash mouth right and and that's kind of how it goes they were like a little more beachy a little more loungy bowling shirts uh pink flamingos bleached hair hot rods yeah but then then you have the bleached hair which seemed very 90s yes exactly it's a little contemporary yeah like the the, you know the, the hot rod daddies so let's get into it smash mouth right off the bat let's just explain what smash mouth means smash mouth is a sports term generally used in american football to describe a particularly aggressive style of playing like get out there and smash mouth you know like we gotta we gotta hit him with a smash mouth mouth. yeah and you're gonna fucking fuck people up uh but we're not talking about that we're talking about the seminal 90s beach type lounge pop rock hot daddy aesthetic fedora wearing band smash mouth yeah (laughs) that's a mouthful that's a smash mouth full now smash mouth was formed in 1994 in san jose california after frontman steve harwell who at the time was in a rap group called Freedom of Speech, a.k.a. FOS, which uh, sounded like this.
Yeah. This is kind of sick. I'm, dude. I kind of got hyped on it, like when it kicks in, because like I could be in that rap group. Right. And it's funny because, uh, as you know, we guys we're music nerds, and so I, you know, on the other side, it's like I remember learning when the lead singer of Rage Against the Machine was in like a hardcore band yeah. before, and you're like, oh, sick, and yeah. You're like, oh, the, he was he was in this like cool band before Rage, and it's kind of I kind of the same, yeah, weird excitement. Yeah, like, yeah oh, it, he was. It's just as cool. Yeah, yeah. And don't but tell also, me that it's not. But this song. He's like talking about like the black boots. I'm like, is he like kicking a door? Like it kind of like kicking a door. Of black boots sounds like he's like on the SWAT team. Yeah, or maybe he's on the other side. But he also, I love like I love when someone um like rhymes like like they stretch out the rhyme. Like instead of saying like gin and juice, it's like that Tangare juice drink. Like it just like it like stretches out like yeah. it, it's too much. But anyways, uh, you know, so so Steve, along with his then manager, like, even though they're in high school or like, you know, just about to get out of high school, he had a manager. So like to be a high school musician and have a manager is kind of nerdy, but it's even nerdier to be the manager in high school of another high school. It's like, oh, I'll manage you guys. It's like, what are you going to do? But order it's the also fucking pizza like, and buy the fruit punch for the function. Yeah, but it's also a flex. I mean, it means that they were like serious about it. I mean, I if guess one, so. Yeah. If one thing can be said is that these guys were like determined to make a massive hit song and they fucking did it. and they did it so. yeah I, well many times over as we'll learn but yeah his then manager kevin coleman uh they joined forces with poached members from other local bands uh greg camp and paul delisle and steve he grew tired of hip-hop and he had this idea to form in his words a pop rock band like like the way smash mouth is like you know, pop rock and, and, and like bands that get to the level of Smash Mouth, it's one of those things where like us, you know, being in bands and like, you know, like alternative musicians were like, how do you even like start a band like that? Like, mm -hmm. and it generally the trend catches up with you and then you become really famous, but right. they sought out to be this pop rock band that right. Smash Mouth became, That's which is I was unique. saying earlier. It's not like, oh, like let's get into like this new, you know, the post-punk genre or like, you know. No, um, they went for the bands where it's something that is really cool by seen cool by music people has this kind of like scene to it it's got this cachet and it's like oh this is trendy this is new it's like you're like no i want to just like get to the top of the pop like, yeah i want to be yeah. really famous yeah you know? yeah none of this street cred shit he'd yeah, already earned exactly. it with, uh, with freedom of speech yeah. uh, fos foss yeah foss yeah. uh Fozzie. so uh <laughs> you know not being the type to sit around and wait for something to happen steve and his band then called smash mouth later to be renamed smash mouth so uh, one the, word versus two words exactly yeah, it was one word. yeah let's make that very clear uh but they they hustled any way they could to get a record deal they realized that their prospects were very slim in san jose so they began booking their own showcases in los angeles along the sunset strip like pay to play type stuff um and they had open for some pretty popular groups uh, and they eventually were able to carry the shows themselves and after some light radio exposure the band was offered a deal with interscope records now, the way that Steve tells it, uh, there's a great interview he did with Vice Magazine, like, not too long ago. And the whole interview was kind of like, you know, you could tell that the reporter was going into it tongue-in-cheek. And then he ended up being like, wow, this guy's, like, pretty cool, mm -hmm. uh, is, is kind of the whole deal. But, like, he says, you know, like, one of us would stay at home and pound the phones all day with radio stations and record labels and everyone. While the other ones would go out to paint houses or whatever. Mm -hmm. They even broke into a, a marijuana grow-op and stole <laughs> all the plants and sold them to a rival grower to get money to fund their demo at one point. I feel like there, there – and speaking of memes, because we'll be bringing that up, there was that one meme where it was, like, a picture of – Steve from Smash Mouth 
Guy Fieri and uh, Violent J from ICP and kind of being like the father, son, and the holy wicked ghost kind of thing. Because they all <laughs> do have this like similar face look. But what's interesting about all those guys kind of get shit on a lot. But when you actually sort of read into it, it's like they actually seem like really nice guys. I think we've sung yes, the praises despite of the Guy samples Fieri. that we will be playing later. Of yeah, us, well, Steve, yeah, sure. I mean, people have their dark moments, but um, <laughs> some of them are wicked. Yeah, and I, I just also want to say this early Smash Mouth does it has this like sort of pop punk ska vibe going to it yes yeah so i mean it, it is rooted in it is rooted it's some california in, in shit trend. yeah this is only like only a band in california can do this kind of shit yeah absolutely yeah it'd be weird if they're if like smash mouth was from like idaho and they're <laughs> yeah. like -nee -nee -nee. Yeah. yeah so anyways after adding keyboardist michael Kluster to their ranks the group recorded and released their first full-length album fush you mang in 1997 Which, do you know that deal it's, I'm guessing it's racist. No, well, it's sort of so. <laughs> so, Fush Yu Mang is based off the movie Scarface. So, when um, okay. Pacino as Scarface, he's saying, fuck you, man. But he's like, Fush Yu Mang. Like, I guess it's like his. Because, I mean, Scarface, he's got a crazy yeah, accent. Yeah, he's got a crazy accent. So, I guess they were like watching the movie and then like, oh, it sounds Smoking like he's saying. Smoking stolen weed. Yeah, like, oh, it sounds like he's saying Fush Yu Mang. And so, but there is this weird, like, Chinese restaurant text on it. On it, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, so that that's what I always thought. Yeah. Well, anyways, that album included their first single and mega hit, Walking on the Sun. And just like fashion, it's a passion for the wizard and hip. If you got the goods, they'll come in by it just to stay in the click. So don't you make act now, supplies are running out. Allowing your skill alive, six to eight years to arrive. And if you follow them, they Great fucking song. I mean, this it's song, not bad. No, that's no, I love okay, this. Song. Here's the thing about Smash Mouth. Like, I, I love this. Song. I saw Smash Mouth live uh, in 2015. I want to say, and every song they play, you know, yeah. Like it's like there's no like waiting around through the new stuff. Like they, it's just hit, 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 yeah. hit, hit. It's kind of awesome. But this song, this song with the organ. I mean, it really sounds like that one. Doors song, which I'm blanking on, but especially with that organ and even that Smash, bass line, uh, you know, that... Smash Mouth and the Doors, just two great California bands. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not but, not any difference in legacy. Just placing them. <laughs> so you've got this pop punk thing, which a lot of that Fushu Mang album has, which I've listened to quite a few times. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but, then, but then it's kind of this is where they're, I think, starting to realize that like the pop punk is the 90s trend. Every time they throw in this retro vibe, that's what's really linking. And so this song totally has this 60s in the 90s, which is yeah, something like a we've beachy, talked about. Beach party bingo kind of Yeah, shit. it's yeah. got that beach party thing, but it's so like colorful. It doesn't necessarily, it's like, it's just very out there. Like it's party city kind of Halloween store 60s. Yes, yeah. This is on like your spirit Halloween's like compilation. Yes. Like, but this prefer. song rules. Yeah, no, it, it's not bad. They also that album also had uh, I believe it's War uh, yeah. that, that did the original one. Oh well, yeah, they, they, they cover a, Why Can't We Be Friends. And there you go, another 60s song, which is always going to be a trend of theirs is covering big 60s hits and doing it again. If, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Uh, and that, that song was included in Basketball and Wild Things, two, two big movies at the time. Uh, licensing their songs out for films would become Smash Mouth's, like, bread and butter, like, their mm -hmm. initial thing. Like, so many films. If you look at their IMDb, 
it's insane how many movies have and, and TV shows have used their songs. Wild Things is great for a number of reasons. Uh, I think there was one. <laughs> I think there was a, a, I'll call it a pandemic moment where I was texting Ryan. I'm like, dude, Wild Things rules. But, yeah, um, yeah. Also, yeah. Shout out to uh, Pen Fifteen, the show, for having a great episode where they all gather around to watch Wild Things. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, also though, honorable mention the the film Orgasmo, which was also done by Matt Stone and Trey Parker, the minds behind South Park and Basketball. Uh, they used the song "Sorry About Your Penis," which I was like, Smash Mouth had a song called "Sorry About Your mm-hmm. Penis," yeah. and they do, and it sounds like this. Sorry about your penis. Sorry about your penis. Sorry about your penis. That's like part of that, like where, where you could be a serious retro, band but mm-hmm. still have like funny shit. Right. All right. bands grow out of that. Well, also it's worth noting that. And again, with the culture dumps vibe, the 90s thing, the Fush Yumang album has the parental advisory explicit content. Right. And they're going to realize, like, we really want to be popular. And so I'm pretty sure that's the only album that has it. And so they're going to even clean that up. Whereas, like, the song is, I mean, they say penis, whatever, but like, gross. On, on the spectrum of things coming out, it's still pretty tame. So, like, they're a very PG-13 band at yeah, this point. Yeah. And they're going to roll it they're back They're going to scale it back even yeah. more. So, this debut album went two times platinum and positioned the band as one of the biggest breakthrough acts of the year. But their biggest success was yet to come. After toning down their ska influence and adopting an even more pop-friendly sound, the group released their second album, Astro Lounge, in 1999. Our favorite year here at Culture Dumps. Yep. The album featured what is considered to be the band and seminal hit All Star. Now, this is the whole topic this of the is, whole fucking yeah. shit. This was on uh, Now 3, which was, <laughs> and, and then that's kind of like that to me was such a big album because. So I have a weird thing where I, when I talk to <laughs> big, big album well, in my well, life now, three. Oh, when I talk to people, I realize that it's a little weird that my parents didn't exactly like I really didn't know what was happening in music as an elementary school child. I didn't. My parents, I didn't have MTV, uh, so I just really, I, you know, I didn't have cable, so I didn't have like Nickelodeon, Jeez. any of that stuff. So my You're parents, Amish, my, if, I mean, in, in <laughs> retrospect, it feels like that. I mean, we would listen. We had this cassette tape called Reggae for Kids, and then we had a cassette tape of Raffi, and then we had a cassette tape of Stevie Wonder in Square Circle. And it, I swear, that's like the three fucking albums I listened to. So that was also part of this whole middle school like thing of like just going into middle school and seeing these like fully formed like kids who knew all the cool music band they, shirts they had all the like tommy hill figure they, they i was like i did not i did not get the memo that all of a sudden like pokemon wasn't gonna cut it you know what i mean yeah like i was living in yeah, La people La are Land. fingering each other and you're still fucking around with pokemon that's cards. what it felt like i got ambushed <laughs> so i was like well what the fuck do i do so the first thing i did is i bought now three because i was like this and then that was crash so, course that was so formative it had blink 182 it had limp biscuit it had smash mouth and those three bands I latched onto during middle school in my attempt to like try to be cool. 
Yeah. Hey, and it, and it worked because uh, look at you now. Hey, thanks, yeah, Daddy. look at you now. Thanks, Daddy O. <laughs> However many years right later, right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> so, All Star is a feel good jam with enough recognizable hooks to withstand the test of time, kind of. The music video was directed by Mick G, aka Joseph McGinty, and McGinty directed the Shoots and Ladders video for Corn, as well as the iconic video for Fly by Sugar Ray. Uh, Sugar Ray and Smash Mouth totally fit in with each other. That's like a major like like it's it's, it's beach it's music. Spiked- Party music. It's beach party hits. Yeah. And it's like bands that had this punk start and then they just like soften the edges and made a ton of money and just crushed it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. This director, he also he went on to do Charlie's Angels and Terminator Salvation. Now, the music yeah. video is half, you know, for All Star, it's half Smash Mouth saving a neighborhood from different things like a school bus that's flipped over or saving a cat from a burning house and then half cuts from the soon to be released comedy Mystery Men with Ben Stiller and Tom uh, Waits, uh isn't Paul Jim- Rubens is in it? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Janine Garofalo. That in itself is almost weird, dump worthy because it was a huge cast of people that all of you guys love. But the movie was a huge flop. Um, but yeah, and for no reason, it's great. Du- it's a it's a nice movie. But in Dump World, also just want to say that this time period of music videos, the soundtracks, the, because I I would guess maybe like Pulp Fiction soundtrack became its own success, and so then people. Movies were like, whoa, if we get all these like great artists on our soundtrack, then that's another revenue. Like, let's let's yeah. sell the CD. Well, I mean, and that goes back. I mean, you know, because you have movies like, for instance, like A Star is Born with fucking Barbara Streisand. And, right. And you have, you know, fucking Tina Turner doing, uh, you know, the, the song for fucking Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. True. Like, but I'll know, say that it was almost like one song. But like in the 90s, it was like, let's try to get like the 15 whole, uh, yeah, different you're right, you're artists. Because right, yeah, yeah. I remember Mission Impossible 2 was a huge soundtrack oh, yeah. for me. The little Nicky one. Why you want to hate me? Yeah. yeah. Again with the fucking <laughs> biscuit but um my point being little nicky soundtrack was very was very uh, uh formative pod for me but so but they would always then there was another tie-in where then the lead single of that music video would be interspersed with clips from the movie and that yeah. is a dump because you don't really see that happening because no one buys fucking right see, you know what i mean no one cares so there would just be these like tons of like so then the bands would be like we need to somehow relate our song to this movie plot wise so you just got lots of really wacky like i feel like that was also at the time where like then the plot of music videos just started making zero sense yeah and yeah and it was all just about plugging plugging that shit and now while mystery men was the first film to license the song it was it would be another film that would turn the song into a legend which we will get to yeah and mystery men you know it was a flop it's a bunch of DIY superheroes, which actually exist in the real world, by the way. A lot of time it doesn't work out for them. They just like, you know, walk up to a bunch of drug dealers dressed like a superhero and get the shit knocked out of them. Uh, that, that's how it goes in real life, folks. Uh, we, we, we have superheroes uh, already uh, and they wear uniforms. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, the, the their music, Smash Mouth's music was in so much shit. Like, I mentioned basketball and wild things and stuff. That's, like, the tip of the iceberg. By, by this time, by the time of Astral Edge, th- their music had been in tons of stuff. And the song All-Star, yeah, while it was in Mystery Men, it was also just one day after Mystery Men came out, the film uh, by Disney, Inspector Gadget, came out literally one day after, and that song had All-Star in it. And then in 2000, there was a Digimon movie that had all-star in it and there was a high school football documentary called go tigers which also had all-star that's all before the biggest moment the song would have right so 
let's just back up for a sec. I mean, like, for just give our opinion on the song just for a second. I mean, just because you're mentioning Digimon and Inspector Gadget, and I think part of the song is that it has very great broad appeal. Like I said, they've gone from PG-13 to PG, and the song is just a generally, like, positive song yeah. with no profanity. And, and it's just inspirational, but also I it's think inspirational. I think there's some kind of like the reason why I was like so kid friendly and using all these kid movies is like that opening like boink, 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 boink. like I feel like mm-hmm. that like was meant to like trigger some like, like microchip and like kids' brains that would turn them into like super Manchurian soldiers. Yeah, kindergartners. Yeah, it's like when you hear the opening of Smash Mouth, you're gonna kill the fucking president or whatever yeah. the fuck it is. Also, one other sort of niche micro dump is the um, <laughs> the sing. The sing-songy pop, pop rock, whatever you want to call it, um, where the verses, it's like kind of rapping, but they're like, we're not going to try to be gangster rappers. We want to just take like the rap flow and use a lot of words and sort of weave a melody into it. And I, Right. And, well, Steve and, was a rapper. Yeah. So he has the experience. So you got that. You have the Third Eye Blind song, Semi-Charm Kind of Life, uh, Eve 6, Inside Out. Yeah. Um, and then you have, uh, of course bare naked ladies one week and at this time all that was like sort of this weird combination of just these like tons of words high just tons of melt like melodic rap yeah. That's my impression. That's, that's, that's all I'm going to do for that. Beautiful. So according to Greg Camp, the lead songwriter of the group, All Star was written in response to fan mail that they had received. Apparently, while they were writing their second album, they would receive hundreds of fan letters, and many of them described the bullying that they would endure for being Smash Mouth fans. Like me. Like you. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's Damn lame. It. You're like, oh, shit. Now you have to write a letter to Greg Camp and inspire him to write yeah. uh, the biggest song of their career so camp was inspired to write what he called a self-confidence building song um so sweet interesting note where it says go for the moon uh in the middle of the little sample during the bridge that's actually a sample from uh the apollo space mission and nasa made all of the samples from all of the space missions available for commercial use so you can just sample all of them i did not know that another great thing that nasa has done for mankind is provided smash mouth with the sample uh we're gonna play that really quick Yeah, so That's a great clip. Go, yeah, go for I the mean, moon. The, it, all those things are so incredibly memorable to me, like the way the song just opens up. That like the verses are super catchy, the choruses are catchy. That go for the moon. It's because it's just the one of those. Th- I mean, I guess it does relate to this kind of confidence building thing, but it's just that. It's yeah, it's like this. It's kind of like this perfect fucking pop song. Wasn't you know? All Star one of the songs they used to like torture detainees? I don't know. We'd have to get the list on that. I know that there's all that. Like I always stuff. heard. Like I knew they used like Skinny but, Puppy and like Metallica, but I feel like because like you can only enjoy listening to All Star like three thousand times, and then after that it starts getting a little tired. I'm gonna say first <laughs> off the whole torture music thing. I feel like I hear that a lot. Um, any first off, you're already in horrendous conditions. I don't. Yeah, think I don't it think really, the song is making it that much. I don't worse. think it's gonna matter. I think it's more about the repetition. It could be your favorite song. They could literally ask you, "What's your favorite song of all time?" I'd be like, "Letter from Elise" by and, The Cure. And then it, and then that would, <laughs> I think, by the time they're done with you, that Dude, song no, is they, gonna they psychologically could play, scar they you. Could leave you, my favorite song playing for 48 hours, and when they open it up, I'd still be like. Guys, give me a minute. Can I just finish this this, this one this this one time with like yeah. tally marks carved into the walls, like in my own blood of like every time I've heard it. Um, also, another 
little micro from that era, something I've started picking up again is on repeat. That song on my CD player, I would put because there was repeat. Oh, there, yeah. You could press repeat and it would repeat the whole album, and you could do the repeat one and it would just repeat the song. And I would definitely would go on little 10 repeat song one. benders of All Star. <laughs> and I've recently started making a playlist of songs that I, I started do, getting back in that practice because it is very interesting to like find a song and just I'm going to listen to this song like five or six times in a row. Yeah, you're, and I do it because you're psychotic. I do it with Scatman oh very often. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you're crazy. Yeah, you're. It's fun. Yeah, hey, hey, it's a great song. Hey, both of them, and you know, rest in peace, Scatman too. So, uh, anyways, when the band was recording their second album, they were told by label execs that there were no hits on the album, and they needed something that could break the charts and recapture the success of Walking on the Sun. So Greg Camp went to work trying to write something that not only was relatable but also massively palatable. He wrote the song himself and recorded a demo which he then showed his bandmates one night in his car when they were out at their favorite bar, the 1007 Club in Santa Cruz. They knew that they had something. The band was all kind of like stoked on it. They weren't that stoked that they were writing a song because they were told to, mm -hmm. but they were stoked that the one that the guy ended up coming up with was good. And this was All-Star. This was All-Star. Okay. Yeah. So despite yeah. the band's excitement, the executives and the radio hosts initially hated the song, but after it you know, was used in a couple films, it was clear that this was a solid gold hit. I will also say, since I did buy this album and listen to it a lot, listening back to that, this song, while it does have some of those retro stylings, this definitely has way more of like a hip hop beat. And the rest of the album, well, he used a breakbeat sample to re to record the demos by right. himself. Yeah, yeah. But I will say that the rest of the album doesn't necessarily follow this. It's kind of like uh, that song "Len Steal My Sunshine." Right. The rest of the album, the is rest of dog the album shit. isn't really as good as that. And I, there are still some songs, but on Astro Lounge. All the other songs kind of fit into that lounge. It's supposed to be this like lounge in outer space. It's kind of a stupid concept. And it's kind of just like <laughs> what all if these... there was a lounge, but it's in space. And and it's got that really bad, like dinky looking like digital art. Um, but the rest of the album, while I do like some of the songs, it's very like we're 60s in the 90s. Yeah. So this song is like just like the record guys. This song is you know, like we're 2000 in 2000. Yeah. Exactly. It couldn't be it's more an of a window into the time. Yeah. So let's get right into it now. The year is 2001. The animated film Shrek is released upon the world. And the film opens with the titular character going about his day to the song All Star. The scene became an iconic moment in cinema history and overnight made Smash Mouth and their song All Star into pop culture icons. However, that song was never meant to be in the film. When Shrek was being made, the song had been used uh, in several films already and had been on the radio for two years. So during the film's development, the song was used only as a placeholder where a different song would eventually be placed. Matt Mahaffey was a musician hired by DreamWorks Studios' record division and was tasked with finding or creating a song to replace All Star. He worked tirelessly crafting an original pop tune that could compete with the pop rock titan. And after cutting the song into the sequence, the Shrek team loved the song that the, the original song that Mahavi wrote, and uh, he was flown to California to record the track with Eric Valentine, who was the actual producer of the song All Star. And once the song and the sequence were finished and shown to DreamWorks CEO of animation, Jeffrey Katzenberg, Katzenberg asked, why didn't you just use All Star? <laughs> you God, spent all this time making an original song 
flying this guy out, yeah. paying the Smash Mouth producer, why don't you just use the song? Mm -hmm. We liked it with the song. Yeah. So the decision was made to keep the Smash Mouth song in the film. And he just he went home just fucking blew his brains out. Charlie Charlie Brown style. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Yeah, just wet. It sucks. So Shrek went on to gross $487 million, and the soundtrack on its own sold nearly 2.5 million copies. Meanwhile, the album that featured the song All-Star Astro Lounge had been certified two times platinum by this time. Smash Mouth was unstoppable. The Shrek soundtrack is a perfect example of a soundtrack that sold tons. My mom yeah. had it, and she used to put it on, and we would like, like, would, like her like workout would be like dancing along to it, and I would like dance with her, and it, <laughs> and it had like the Joan Jett song "Bad Reputation" on it, and uh, another uh, Smash Mouth song that that we'll get into. Yeah, because that also had um, "I'm a Believer" the cover, the Monkeys cover. Yeah, which is, I mean, a yeah, huge. That was a huge one for them. Yeah, um, so that like they have two huge songs on on this, yeah. and but their album also had "Then the Morning Comes." Okay, which see, is that's a major. A, that's a sleeper one. I I like that one too. And then the morning comes, and yeah. that song's Tomorrow's about tomorrow's gonna hurt. <laughs> that song's about um like tour life. Yeah, and like banging and drinking, and then yeah, waking it sounded up like all... a hangover. Yeah, and also their song "Come On, Come, come on. on." I like that one too. Come on, come on, <laughs> and uh, that's like very in that pop punk style. That shit was in like if Hillary Duff was in something, this song yeah, was in just it too. Lots of energy. Yeah. Just come bopping on, around. Come on. And then uh oh, can't, can't get, get enough, enough of you, baby. baby. Jesus. And that song sounds oh, like it would be on Fushu. Also, <laughs> another micro dump is the raspy like the raspy guy. Like and that, Because we talk like this all the time. Yeah, the yeah. raspy dude, which also I think that was the lens deal my sunshine. I was like, oh like dude, there's In this. too deep. Yeah. yeah Damn, like, you're right. The rasp. There was so many micro dumps in Smash Mouth that made them like a That's a why macro they're dump. they're fucking amazing. Yeah. Now 2001 was a big year for America and Smash Mouth. Uh 8 days after the attacks on 9, you know, of 9/11, uh Smash Mouth performed their hit song All-Star at New York's Irving Plaza. Kind of like a uh you know, kind of That's, like putting a band-aid on the bullet wound uh, kind of a deal, you know. If we if we can't put the world back together, at least we still have All-Star. Um then they would later travel to Afghanistan and Iraq to perform for the troops who are the real All-Stars. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say that. Um, also, Rat Race came out in 2001 after Shrek, the film Rat Race. It's amazing. It's like classic comedy genius shit. Um, they play themselves in the film and play All-Star. So everyone's yeah. grabbing at this song. I, lo I loved uh, the Rat Race uh, it's great. movie. I mean, Smash Bros. Yeah, they're in it. And it's yeah, like they're the in big it. payoff. And by like, like, like <laughs> it's funny, too, because that movie came out in 2001. So like, if you know like film scheduling and stuff like it's not like the people in Rat Race are like, oh, like Smash Mouth is like, and this song is so big now because of Shrek, we gotta add them in at the end. Like that was already a planned thing, but it it like just vicariously looks like, oh shit, like they got Smash Mouth in this, but like that was already a done deal. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's like that. the gift that keeps on giving, that the was, smash that keeps on mouthing. The smash. The, the mouth, mouth that keeps, that keeps on, on smashing. smashing. Yeah. Hey. Uh, hey. <laughs> See, we're in the same room, man. It's like lightning in a bottle, baby. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's like an Astro Lounge. But Rat Race introduced me to Mr. Bean. Yeah. Um, oh, well, and who could, who maybe could forget Rowan, Mr. Rowan, Sir Rowan Atkinson, yes. who at one point in time was the richest man in the UK. Can you believe that? He had more money than Paul McCartney at one time. Damn. Um, I mean, he was big. Lots of great Brits. John Cleese. Yeah. John Cleese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg. 
Oh, you said great Brits, not like great <laughs> comedians. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so Smash Mouth's career. This is life after 2001 now. Like, 2001 was seriously, like, the biggest year in this band's life. And uh, unfortunately, it's kind of all downhill from there, but not really. So their career can be split into three moments, basically. There's before All-Star, All-Star, All and then after, after All-Star. All and the band continued to have immense success with film and television licensing. If you consumed at least two to three hours of American media between 2001 and 2007, you were destined to hear the song All-Star at least once. And if you didn't, you most certainly would have heard any of the other hit songs yeah. that they had. Out. And I mean, also, just Shrek is just one of the most popular movie franchises of all Ever. time. So getting your getting your song in that, I mean those guys are set. Yeah. Like the royalties, the royalties of Smash Mouth is going to be it's, forever it's just because of Shrek. Well, and it also, is such a crazy successful movie. Yeah, well and again, like a lot of the fucking shit that their movie that their songs were in were successful. I mean, we're leaving out so much stuff. Again, their IMDb has like over 75 credits, you know, of just shit that their songs are in. Yeah. And that doesn't include commercials all around the world. You know, like, because it's not just America that that's, you know, sucked into this Smash Mouth cyclone. Uh, but the song had also broken into the world of sports and was and still is a regular fixture at sporting events. In fact, along with uh, tons of other compilation albums, for instance, like the Now album that Parks had mentioned, yep. uh, All Star was featured on an early 2000s hockey anthems album because nothing says hockey like All Star. Um, but they were also that same year on a comp called um, 101 Kids Songs. Which isn't so, Kids Bop. Not Kids Bop. Not yeah. to be confused with mm -hmm. Kids Bop. Um, also, it's worth noting that in 2002, Smash Mouth toured with NSYNC. Yeah. That's weird, huh? Well, yeah, it's weird. It doesn't have the heartthrob teeny bopper thing of NSYNC, but again... But it's just, good for everyone. They're so they're, it's the Shrek guys. It's the guys from Shrek. Yeah, it's like a very uh, inoffensive... In a good way, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, it's like, again, all the kids are going to know that song. You know what I mean? And a bunch of the other songs, because again, Come On, Come On, like, there's like a fucking movie with like Frankie Muniz or something that like Come On, Come On. I mean, th their songs are all over the, kids' all shit. Their songs are like perfect songs for like any kind of montage when you're like, hey, we're going to build a treehouse or like... <laughs> That just any <laughs> Smash Mouth song fits in like a montage. Yeah, you know, totally. I mean, and that's the whole deal. Uh, it's funny you say that because actually in basketball, their song is used in a montage. Uh, exactly. Now the song and the band that you know, the the song and the band that wrote the song uh, became so inescapable that in a way it led to their downfall. And although that might not be the right word for it, a downfall is what it was. Uh, the band, you know, while still playing sold out shows and still receiving licensing offers almost daily, have become somewhat of a nostalgic joke in the last 15 years. Steve Harwell, the front man, but not necessarily the creative force behind the group, suffered a nasty alcohol problem, which he discussed during his time on the sixth and final season of VH1's reality masterpiece, The Surreal Life. Ties which, it back to <laughs> us. Yeah, which we, you know gone into at length the sixth season of surreal life is great it also had alexis harquette uh an old friend of mine rest in peace uh she's insane there's uh tawny katane's in it um florence henderson the mom from the brady bunch is in it um lots of folks there's lots of crazy cc deville of poison uh, you know another throwback to another uh vh1 thing you know yeah the vh1 loves their loves their poison deville of love yeah oh man he would have been like oh man these chicks are hot like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> if you know how he talks that that's how he talks yeah. um 
but they were also the band was plagued with numerous lineup changes. At times, they toured with only two of the original members. Occasionally, they would reunite with the OGs of Smash Mouth, but most of the time, it's hired guns, you know, with just Harwell and maybe Camp. And see, and I will say, and this is fucked up, and this, but it's like it doesn't feel like a band. It 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 kind of feels like as long as you got the singer, yeah. Because everyone, no one, like, it feels like it's kind of replaceable. You just need somebody. Yeah, and, and like, that's that, it. And that's it just, the money. It's just like, hey, you're a professional musician, learn how to play this song. And again, that might be the snob in me, but maybe that's part of they were so popular, but then maybe in a music community, it's, I mean, let's just say I'm sure the record store employees of the 2000s were not happy about Smash Mouth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it like I said, they don't have any street cred. And it's not like, oh, you got to see like this punk band, which because, is unfortunate because you know, they're huge. You know what I mean? It's, but they're too huge. That's the thing. Like it's an oversaturation on a commercial. It's not like their song was just all over the radio. True. It's in every fucking thing that you want. And I mean, you know, that is a decision being made by the band to put. And I mean, that that is fair towards an audience when you hear the same song over and over again you're like come on get this fucking song out. like that fucking goatee song like Ugh. that song isn't that bad you just heard it way too yeah much, it just got bad you know yeah and and they would also do a bunch of 90s tours like uh with sugar ray and everclear and uh you know bands like that like a 90s cruise i saw them in las vegas in 2015 which which was great uh, i actually found a video of them performing all-star at the concert i was at so let's play that beautiful evening for all who experienced <laughs> uh, nowadays all-star has found new life as internet fodder and has been used as the basis for thousands of memes and parody videos Shrek has also been co-opted in the same way and the more popular it becomes to drag one the more popular it becomes to drag the other and my personal favorite use of all-star as a joke is YouTube sensation John Sudano and his over 50 different renditions of the song and what he does is he takes the lyrics of all-star and sings them over some mega hit songs we're gonna play a couple of them uh, examples back to back really quick somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me i ain't the sharpest tool in the shed she was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. The years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and they hit the ground running. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. 
You'll never shine if you don't glow. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kinda dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. So, I mean, again, that guy, that's just two. There's like 57 right. of these, so but there's other tons of mashups. Now we're talking of this like super post-ironic wave of internet stuff where it's just kind of the the absurdity of things was hitting a peak and yeah, it's getting Smash Mouth was perfect for it because really that's it kind of makes sense because it is kind of these people who you know heard it as children or in middle as middle schoolers and now they're kind of becoming more cynical older trying to you know flex this comedy muscle in this meme world and so then that song it's comedy muscle everyone I'll give you a comedy <laughs> muscle hey now muscle you'll laugh at um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know again that is kind of the whole idea of a meme it's like what is this something everyone knows and so then you right. can take it and so you can almost it's sort of like how the it's ban kind yeah. of is a joke in <laughs> itself like you don't even need the rest of it you can laugh you just know that it's ban is a like thing. if you hear boop, boop, yeah or like it, the it's somebody yeah it's over like, um, yeah it's fucking over look at this photograph yeah like all those and maybe that was like part of the mentality of these artists because again they're all in the same time period like Man, like we're writing a song on the radio and we gotta like hit him. You know, like I remember hearing um from people like this hypothetical scenario where you're giving the record exec your CD and in the first ten seconds, you know, is he gonna keep playing or is he gonna throw yeah, it out the window? And right. you're like, What is this fucking hypothetical? But it like sticks with you, and I feel like that was sort of the mentality, and it was almost like in the first 10 seconds of this yeah, song, that's why it's got to hook you. If I was in the 90s and I was in a band like that was trying to make it, the first 10 seconds of my demo would be, please, please, please don't turn this off. Please skip to the next track <laughs> and, and listen to it, please. Uh, I just thank you for... like uh, <laughs> I would just start God. it off like that instead of starting with whatever but shitty song. Uh, the me you know. But the meme stuff, yeah, so it kind of had the second life. I just want to say my favorite mashup is a toss-up between Smash Mouth and Evanescence. Or Smash Mouth and Linkin Park. Yeah, great and stuff. part of it, like what Ryan's argument as far as it being maybe the most perfect song of all time, something about these mashups is that it does the song it works, works so well in so many different contexts, and that is kind of, like there's probably some science behind it. Well, that you know? uh, well, I mean, yes, it's called time signatures, but uh, well, no, but it's not <laughs> just that; it's the melodies. Because I mean, I'm just saying it does like, work. No, it, it's, it's not just it's the time crazy. signatures. Yeah. I'm saying like taking the melody of All Star, this happy song, and you put it over Lincoln Park, and somehow it still works. I think is it's crazy. It's pretty wild. Well, with the that's why I love that John Sudano guy because like I mean, you know, we showed you two vastly different examples, but again, over fifty of them, and it works every time. And you're like, wow, this is the fucking perfect goddamn song um but i mean that song was used as recently as in 2018 in a toyota campaign where the kill campaign was be an all-star and also there was an snl skit in 2010 where the whole thing is that there's like a little girl who's having nightmares because like all-star keeps popping up and everything and, and that, she can't escape and it. see and then that goes into that whole thing of like oh no such thing as bad press blah 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 where it's like yes you're getting that recognition but that does have to affect you in some way of being like 
Yes, some people love my song, but a large, a lot of people think that my entire band's career is a well, joke. Well, Steve addresses that in his Vice interview where he, like, they asked him, like, you know, it's become, he's like, you know what? He's like, yeah, it's fun. I don't care. He's like, I go on Twitter, like, I see people making fun or whatever. He's like, it doesn't, it is like, it doesn't bother me because the song's living on. They're talking about it. Yes. You know and what I mean? He's they like, are... I understand that we're a part of pop culture and and looked at differently than just a band and then they ask him like you know most people that come to see you they're just waiting for you to hear you play he's like that's why we play at last and it's yeah. the best part of every fucking show and i also think sometimes there's these cycles where like maybe there was this kind of make fun of irony of it but now like i feel like if you if you want you could put it on a party and like people would be like oh great like, everyone's it, going it, crazy it goes back around to like this is a great song, and I just like I don't want to have to now if have you're this the kid, ironic armor of making fun of it. I just right. want to like listen to Smash Mouth and just fucking enjoy it and like. Well, yeah, because now fun. if you're the kid that walks around the party says this song sucks, you're getting kicked out, brother. Well, you're getting arrested multiple times throughout high school, and you're going <laughs> and to get. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your you're life's gonna... in shambles. Yeah, um, all because you didn't like All Star. You're, you're gonna get addicted to multiple drugs anyway. Yeah, hey, now you're not an All Star. He doesn't. You're a piece of shit. He's not gonna figure out who it is. But <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, uh, fuck you. Yeah. So uh, the sad fall of Steve Harwell. Unfortunately, this yeah. story does not have a happy ending per se. The last few years of Smash Mouth, or more specifically their singer Steve, has made uh, headlines for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, I remember the bread incident. The bread incident um, is, I think it, is it heavy. 2017 or 2018. Uh, can't really put in a clip it's kind of you kind of got to sit with it for a second because it is worth the payoff but they're playing one of those like festivals where it's like a at a town square like see i grew up in a small town that was like very near atlanta but we had like a little town square and you know it's like you fit like eight thousand people whatever and there's always some like food or art tie-in so anyway this was like a festival where they were handing out free rolls of bread so and also <laughs> classic we, we should know uh from between our culture dumps podcast experience that generally just like just, just like don't hand anything out don't a give fucking anything concert. don't you, don't give any people anything. don't deserve shit you're giving them music and let them pay for beer nothing you don't need to give you don't them have to give them bread yeah and so, if you do give them bread make sure it's like a big fucking loaf that you can't like throw <laughs> it's gonna be a huge loaf. The bigger the loaf, it would have injured the him. The bigger the loaf, the bigger the yeah. I guess. <laughs> but anyway, so everyone starts throwing the bread at Steve. Which again, come on. I mean, like, I'm not saying I wouldn't have. Maybe it's like Could Joe Dirty's. Like, at least I'm glad it's not hot chili day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, it's an incredible video because he basically goes on this tirade. He's saying, fuck you, fuck you pussies for throwing the bread. But then the <laughs> band, the band, I guess, is just a little more weird. Like, they're ready to just soldier on. And they're like, you know what? People are throwing bread at us, but can we just play Smash Mouth? Maybe get they'll our stop if we and, get their hands clapping. Exactly. So the band starts playing All Star, and Steve refuses. And then the best part is the singer, the keyboardist, someone else on stage who has a mic that's not Steve goes somebody and that's all it takes and the crowd just starts singing it and then the most incredible but also kind of sad thing happens where steve is staring at the crowd sing his song without him the train just went on yeah. without him. they're like we're playing the song whether you want to get on board or not 
It's and there's very lots surreal. of videos like this. It's sad. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it, it is sad. Um, also, a, you know, a, a great one is their 2020 performance at the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, uh, which was held in direct defiance of COVID-19 pandemic mandates. And uh, there's video of Harwell shouting, fuck this COVID shit. Yeah. Which, you know, I feel it was taken out of context. People were saying, like, he was saying, like, fuck, uh, you know, fuck. Like basically, fuck, <laughs> fuck every, fuck anyone on the left, or, or fuck you, you know, what I mean? like, like it, it was taken in, like in this way where it's just like, oh, he doesn't care about people's safety. I think he was just saying like this COVID shit sucks, right? And like you're allowed to say that, you know. But and when you're in a when, was, when you're playing to like twenty thousand mm -hmm. people that are saying like yeah. fuck these masks, fuck vaccines, that was in, then uh, then it, it's not a very good look. Yeah, the all gas no brakes. Andrew Callahan. He yeah. went to the Sturgis motorcycle rally when he was kind of making his rise as this yeah. gonzo journalist so. right yeah and he covered that um and then you know there, there's several videos of steve delivering lackluster performances like the bread incident and now the most recently one the notorious video that was all over tmz recently they're playing at the 2021 big sip beer and wine festival in bethel new york and a visibly <laughs> confused harwell shouted obscenities and violent threats at the audience and in case you're wondering what that sounds like it sounds like this and at one point, he seemingly forgets the words to their iconic song, All Star, and is backed up by the members of his band. And this isn't like him standing off to the side because he's pissed because bread got thrown at him. This is him like... I like he he's like totally dissociated he's, from yeah, where, where it's yeah. at. So then it's then now we feel bad for making fun of him. Right, um, but not everyone did because at first everyone was like, "Look at him, he's so wasted," yeah. and that like the incident was initially blamed on drug and alcohol abuse, you know, by the media and everyone else. But the true root of the problem is much more concerning. Shortly after the videos of the notorious performance went viral, Harold, you know, he announced his retirement from the band that he founded, and it was discovered that he was suffering from a long list of health problems, predominantly heart issues, uh, for several years, and the pressure to perform with these conditions was much too much to handle. Uh, the most notable of these ailments is i'm, I'm gonna fuck this up because i'm not a doctor but a uh, wernix encephalopathy 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 yeah Enceph which impacts motor functions <laughs> like speech and memory so there's a lot more to it it's not him being wasted falling off the wagon or anything like that his brain was literally not able to perform yeah and it is it is sad yeah uh, because it, and i think because he had you know there had been these little things before with the videos and then just the general you know the joke status yeah you know it's kind of it, it is it's kind of sad you know it's super sad because that is the conclusion of the saga of smash mouth for he's, now i mean you know for we, now i mean he but we'll he publicly said that he stepped down and, and retired True. we don't know if that's permanent but i mean as far as the dump goes that's it that that's 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 where it ends and so it is kind of a downer you know considering that all-star is such a upbeat thing and it is silly and it is overplayed and all that stuff but this is a pretty posy dump like at the end of the day pretty posy dump unfortunately just you know with steve's condition but i mean no i love the song and it really does it makes me feel great when i listen to it it's a true it's a great yes. song it's not. It's a perfect song. So it, what does it, it all is mean? A perfect song. Yeah. It's like, what does it all mean? Well, I guess it means that sometimes in life things are perfect, but no one likes perfection. All Star is a perfect song. The proof of this is in how strong the life force of that song has been. It's instantly recognizable and completely alone in its originality or lack thereof. 
the most perfect song that no one really likes, but also everyone likes. It is almost impossible to describe All-Star, but if aliens were to land on Earth and ask to hear music, All-Star would probably be on the mixtape that we would make for them. While we collectively make fun of All-Star and the band behind it, the band continues to laugh all the way to the bank, and they deserve every penny that they get from that fucking song. Ryan, man, you're just... These these last thoughts are just... It's the fucking, Ooh. it's my declarations. Chef's yeah. kiss. That's <laughs> couldn't and won't have, won't say it better. Yeah. It's the perfect ending for the perfect Mwah. dump on the perfect song. So if you want some more exclusive content that you can only get on our Patreon, you must subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash culture dumps. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at culture dumps. Send us emails with suggestions and comments and uh, all sorts of input that you got at culture dumps at gmail.com. I'm Ryan Lichten. And I'm Parks Miller. Keep on dumping.